Welcome to the Global Business Women's Pod, brought to you by the Greater Houston Women's Chamber of Commerce. I am Susan Dyson and proud to be the CEO, President, and Founder of the Chamber. Please join us for this empowering podcast every Thursday at 6 p.m. Houston, the prophetic and resilient city that we are, We are at the cusp of a changing America. The city of Houston in the last eight years, as we know and we've experienced, has faced seven federally declared disasters. Of course, resilience is not just about natural disasters, but a wide range of shocks and stresses and then commensurate reactions and responses. An acronym that I think believes captures the flood survival and Dean, a bit about of your work and of course the global pandemic survival, and that the Dean will address today is beautifully encapsulated in an acronym from McKenzie I've liked that was developed during the pandemic. Ideally, we're all going to be fair. And what is the fair? The fair is the F, the future focused. No other option but to look at what's here, but what can we do next? The A is we need to be accountable the, the I is the informed and the L is respectful of what can be controlled and what doing we can do going forward. The Dean with her best-selling book, you can get it outside afterwards, In Too Deep, Class and Mothering in a Flooded Community, shares real stories of 36 women in Houston whose homes flooded during Hurricane Harvey. Many had had and been subject to other catastrophic floods. So can you imagine this as a woman, as a mother, as a partner, as a caregiver? You've got your home, whether it's the 2015 Memorial Day flood, the 2016 tax day flood, or the 16th month later, Hurricane Harvey. These mothers, though, all believe they needed to stay. As I turn it to the dean, and I thank you, I'm honored particularly. She is the dean of my alma mater. I have to confess, I wanted her to participate with her brilliance. She talks in some of her research today of some of what we know, some of our greatest attributes, resiliency, especially when women are faced with unexpected challenges like hurricanes and pandemics. Dean, why this book? Well, um, there's a lot of work out there, both scholarly and journalism, about how disasters impact the economic conditions of a place. And I was more interested in how experiencing something like that would impact a family. And as a family sociologist, I really wanted to dig into that question. How does experiencing the loss of your home impact your parenting? How does it impact your marriage? Um, And so those are the questions that I dug into with interviews with 36 women, as Sophia said, uh, in one neighborhood in Houston that had experienced three floods in three years. And I interviewed them first right after the storm, and then again about a year later so that I could get a sense of how their lives had unfolded over the course of that year. And I think a main takeaway was that most of the burden of recovery from this storm, which included taking care of the kids, remediating the house, making design decisions, managing contractors, all of that labor tended to fall to the women in the families. 
And that was not something that had been negotiated with their spouses. It was just kind of assumed that they would take care of the home and the family. And so for most of these women, they were working three shifts. First, the shift for their work outside the home. The second shift was their work inside their temporary homes where they lived while they were working on their homes. And then third, the shift of working on the recovery of their family home. And it really did take a toll on the women, but they did show, as Sophia said, tremendous resilience and grit and determination, and they got their families back in their homes as quick as they possibly could. Well, and I thank you, and maybe, maybe that's part of the takeaway. I mean, and, and, and you began that in terms of the story of resilience and the tenacity that we have, as women, whether it's our first, second, or third job, have to do. Any correlations that you saw with the woman's resilience during the hurricanes and then what we also started experiencing with the pandemic? Definitely. Um, during the pandemic, there was some really interesting work coming out about how families were adjusting to this new reality. And just like in the book, After the Flood, it turned out that Mothers, women, tended to be the ones who were quitting their jobs, scaling back their hours, or working remotely at home while taking care of kids, doing schooling, trying to get them to finish their homework, all of that stuff. So again, the burden of that labor fell to women in the pandemic, just as it did for mothers here in Houston after Hurricane Harvey. We spoke in preparation for this about the pandemic and as we all know, it was transformative. And we all learned of pivoting and a litany of other words that we maybe utilize them, but not in day-to-day -day nomenclatures we started using. As with everything, though, and as, as Jorge so stunningly reminded us, there are obvious negatives, the poison, medicine, but what transpires, as he said. What have you seen in terms of some of the positives, in quotation, but maybe some real ones <laughs> that you've seen in the pandemic and perhaps in, 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 in the book that uh, came to fruition? Well, one interesting thing from a family sociology point of view about the pandemic was in times of trouble, so when societies are challenged by things like disasters or um, recessions, unemployment, inflation, things like that, fertility tends to decline. So people decide it's not a great time to have a baby. And that was also the case during the pandemic overall, except for one group. One group of women decided it actually was a good time to have a baby. And those were women who were highly educated, working outside the home, who transitioned to working remotely. And for them, that actually was a great time to have their first child because they were able to be home and have a little bit more flexibility. And so we thought that was really interesting and scientists are calling this a baby bump. It's a baby bump, but it's, that, that's a tough one though because it's a baby bump for those that had the luxury of doing it. That's exactly right. right. Because there was a lot of first responders and those that were working hourly and didn't have the luxury of staying home. So as with always, right, there's, there's a blessing, but, but not for everyone. But knowing the importance of Mental Health Month, of resilience, of our fearless leader, Susan Deason, whose glass is always overwhelmingly more than half full, give us a little bit of sense of just what's, what was there, there these women 
evidently and obviously were about, as I like to say, the grit grind and the gravitas. As we turn to almost our last question and then the, 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 that quotation, <laughs> I asked her to find some favorite quotations and we're gonna go back to that. But give me a sense of what you, if there was some commonality in the grit grind of gravitas of these three dozen or so women, what was it and what's our takeaway for us today? Hopefully we won't have another one of these floods, but what's, what, is, what is a lesson learned that sadly maybe some of us in the, in the room that flooded, but these women learned? So I think that although it was a very difficult year for these women in many ways, they also were proud of what they had achieved when they were able to move their families back into renovated homes, get the kids going in a regular schedule back to school. They felt really good about that. And they also thought that the experience had taught their children something about resilience as well, and they really valued that. One of the moms in my book calls it um, grit and bounce, which I think might be a Brene Brown quote originally, um, but she wanted to instill grit and bounce in her kids, and she felt like this experience might have done that. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's the grit and then the bouncing back. And exactly. I can almost just envision a little skipping by, <laughs> right? And that's really necessary. I, I will say also just one second and correlating just for a moment, and I apologize just because I've been on the stage thinking about all this. Jorge's Carmen talked also about having to take over the family finances and a litany of things. And there were roles necessarily that she hadn't previously done. And I surmise for these women, it's the same thing. Yes, uh, most of them had not dealt with uh, home renovation before, contractors, insurance, you know, haggling with insurance companies, all of this was new to them, but they dug in because they wanted to get their families back. And as I mentioned, they wanted to transfer some of those skills to their kids. And so maybe I could read the quote from Tara, if that sounds good, Sophia. Absolutely, the 11-year-old okay. yes. daughter. Yes, so Tara was a 34-year-old mother of three. Her oldest was 11 years old, and she had been a big help during the flood and its aftermath. And so Tara told me, after everything, as we're recapping with the kids, and I said, is there anything you wanna say about what's happened? And my 11-year-old said, you know, I am grateful for this experience because it shows that our family can work well as a team. Yes, it's like, yes, you're right. And she goes, well, we did cry, but no one argued and no one yelled at you. Everyone did their own jobs. They did their part. And then she looked at the little kids. Well, they didn't really do anything, but they were very funny. But then she says, we worked together as a team, and we got to safety, and everyone was okay. And I was like, yes, that is our lesson from this, right? A total lesson. No, that's incredible, and out of the mouth of babes. Right. Sometimes not everything is amazing in a big party, and just sometimes being okay, and knowing that everyone can step up in their own way. Mm -hmm. You know, as we, as we allow you to give your final thoughts and perhaps just given your role as the Dean of Social Sciences at Rice and all your vast experience in sociology as part of your core practice, another quotation that Mackenzie would talk about is these R's of resolve, resilience, return, reimagination, and reform. 
And is there any takeaway that you thought of, whether reformation of their lives or anything you want to leave us as an audience with, of really you've got business-inspired, empowered women that periodically appreciate the need to step back, to contemplate, participate in a chamber event under Susan Deason's amazing, uh, uh, amazing helm and her board of directors. What is some what's what's some of the takeaway that we can that we can utilize? So to tell you the truth, when I started this book project, interviewing women who had experienced three floods in three years, I anticipated that many of them would decide to move away from the neighborhood that it was just too much to handle. And in the end, 28 out of 36 of the women decided to stay. And they told me it was, be, it was for their community. They wanted to rebuild their community, their elementary school, which they also lost, and they wanted to rebuild their families and their family home. And so they dug in and they did the work and they made it happen. And that's incredible. It just shows the importance of the roots of community, and it also goes to the strength of our city. There's no doubt we are the prophetic city at the cusp of a changing America. Well, unless, Dean, you have any final reflections, we are appreciative. I encourage you to read the book and support empowered women. Thank you so much, Sophia. Thank you so much for joining us. We will see you again next Thursday at 6 p.m. For more information about the Chamber and our podcast, please visit us at ghwcc.org.